You know, so many things are, are so uncertain. A proverb says, a Proverbs 27 verse 1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. This is a verse to teach us to actually trust God in all seasons of our lives. Amen? What really gives us strength, what really is the fact that we can keep going on, is that we know Christ is in our lives. We talk about shift 2020. Say shift 2020. It's, it's a great concept, but do you actually digest it and ask yourself, how do you then shift? How do you actually make 2020 count? How, how, does it, how is it different from 2019 or 2018? Have we ever thought about that? I was, I was thinking through because um, um, Pastor talked about being in a land of provision to the land of possession. How do we shift so that we no longer just pray for our own needs, but then we can go and take care of others? How do we move from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth? If you still remember the message on shift, how do we shift in just receiving to giving? What are some of the shifts that will empower you, enlarge? If anything is going to shift, it has to shift in your capacity. You agree with me? That you actually shift so that you can actually do more, you can believe more, you can be more. So, Let's look at the text today, Exodus 14, verse 13 to verse 16. Exodus 14, verse 13 to verse 16. Let's read it together as a church in one accord. When you look at the screen, is that okay? Let's try this. One, two, go. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Come on, read together. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. God was telling Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Move on. Move on. That means... That means if, if, if you are at the edge, at, at that exact premise in history, at the back when you are looking at six, 600 chariots, the best, the best army soldiers of the Egyptians are coming after you. Behind there were the, the, a lot more armies that's coming. And then in front of you is the sea. Moses and the people were panicking. But then God said, why are you crying out to me? You know, when God asks, why are you crying out to me? It is like, Haven't I told you? I will deliver you. I am faithful. I have called you out. Do you remember the plagues? Do you remember how I changed Pharaoh's heart? Do you remember what I have done during the Passover? I have done so much. What else do you want? Why are you crying out to me? Move on. Lift up your staff. Stretch out your hands. The seas will be divided. And a lot of times, I feel in my life, God is asking me, what else do you want me to tell you? I have already told you how much I love you. I have already shown you how I can heal your son, how I can provide for your family, how I have taken care of your health all these years, how I have used you from really an awkward young teenager, introverted and, and, and really socially uh, handicapped to where you are today. What else do you want? Move on. Keep moving on. This is the message that I want to talk to you today in shifting 2020. Let's inspect. Let's 
let's do a check. Are there things that actually we have to let go and move on already? The word move on really jumped on to me the first time pastor preached on the message. You know, moving on, it means starting a new journey. We are talking about Shift 2020, and I know conceptually, really, it's great. But in a most practical way, what do you want to shift this year? How do you move on from here? The Hebrew word move on means, you know, to set on, to embark, to start a new journey. It's time to move forward. Say move forward. Come on, say it together. Say move forward. But some people seem to be stuck. Some people seem to be trapped. Some people seem to be jammed or even the word frozen, that they don't know how to move into the unknown. You are so caught in a place where you don't know how to move forward anymore. But I think God is God that is of the future. Amen? I pray, I pray truly that we'll never let the memory of the past be so great that we don't know how to be excited for the imagination of the future. We heard from Pastor George, Pastor Kevin, they quoted this again and again, never let the memory of your past be greater than the imagination of your future. I really want collective. We learn 2020 to move on together. You know, I found a box of chocolate uh, the other day in my fridge. How many of you, sometimes, just sometimes, when it comes to 11 o'clock, suddenly you get hungry? Yes. And then you go to the cupboard and you open up and you saw all the instant noodles and you say, man, this is too heavy. I'm going to regret if I eat it. So you turn to your fridge. When you go to your fridge, there are a lot of fruits, but you won't pick. You will try to see. Then you'll see cheese. Am I right? Then you'll see some biscuits. And then I found this chocolate. You know, I don't really eat chocolate because it gives me sore throat very easily. I pull out this uh, chocolate and I, I look at the back of it. The expiry date is blurry already. So it tells you it's been there for a long time. Are, are, are you all with me? How many of you, when you open up your fridge, you, you kind of know that there are a lot of things that are expired. You have to clear the fridge, but you just think that maybe one day I'll still need it. Maybe one day I'll still use it. And then you have, how many of you got MACD ketchup or a chili sauce? The red color one, yes, yes. How many of you, your honey is so hardened, you need to cook it? You, you get what I mean? Cheese and, and, and that one is a typical, if you are a bachelor, your parents will have bought you herbs and then you have herbs inside your fridge, you don't know actually what to do with it. But it is because of the heart of your parents, you keep it, hopefully one day you'll cook it, but it has been there and the herbs has become like, you know, ginseng thousands of years already. And it is still there. And cough syrup for parents, you definitely have the prospan inside or your paracetamol. And, and sometimes what we do is that we will turn to check the manufacturing date, am I right? Or, or the best before date. And for me, uh, one of the medication that I always take is Gaviscon. And then I will always check the Gaviscon whether it is still, um, um, uh, uh, has, has it expired or not. So I'm, I, I was thinking, yes, we, we are brought up actually in um, this environment, this generation that we are very educated of this best before. Everything seems to have an expiry. Am I right or not? Every food seems to have an expi expiration date and we are very well educated, especially you know, a fresh milk and all these things. I just wonder when it comes to God, how does expiry date, how does this concept of expiration 
works in the kingdom of God. If you know, if you know the Bible, you will hear people quote like the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Great is the faithfulness of God. Amen. We, we even sing this song. That, that, so when it comes to you move these things to the kingdom of God, it felt like God's mercies, God's love, God's uh, grace will be from everlasting to everlasting. So there is no expiration date. But then when you think about everything that you're doing, you look at your body. It, it is like, you know it's a shell, right? And somehow, the other day when I was playing futsal, my mind was at the ball, but my leg was on the ground, not moving. It felt like, hey, I can do better. I, I, I can be sharper. All, all around us, the things that are consumable, the things that we have, it seems to have an expiration date. And one of the ways that we are often reminded is bread. Am I right? How many of you, actually, maybe I have the, the other one first. How many of you are team Gardenia? Oh, very little. How, how many of you are team Massimo? Oh my gosh. This speaks of a new government. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but, but do you know, do you know that uh, on top of uh, the bread, there's this G-Tech? Yes? Then we are actually trained to, to look at the expiration date. So this is 2nd February. Today is 2nd February. You know, today is 02-02-2020, right? It's a good date to get married or propose if you haven't. So do you know every color represents a day that is manufactured? That means if it is uh, Sunday, it's white color. It is yellow, maybe it's Wednesday. So, so all these educators, all these G-Tags, it kind of educators that, yeah, everything that you're consuming, watch out. Don't eat the expired stuff. Keep it fresh. Say fresh. So, so when, when we talk about all this, and the Bible says about the episode where God gave manna, fresh bread every morning, I am just thinking, do we actually keep ourselves fresh in life? We look back at the verse again in Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Isn't he great? His mercies never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Great is the faithfulness of God. If you look at the verse again, all of us just look at the screen again. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases means no expiration date. His mercies never come to an end. No expiration date. Why then there is this word called new inside? They are new every morning. They are new every morning. It seems like everything is from eternity, but then there is this new word. God, if it doesn't expire, why then do we need your mercies new every morning? As I was discussing with Pastor Andrew, you know, he taught me a lesson as well. He said, you know, the verse tells us that though God's love and God's mercies are unending, everlasting and eternal, it is us that needs renewal. Because every morning when we wake up, we are the one that needed fresh bread. We are the one that has a fallen nature and we are the one that needs renewal, not God. Make sense? We're our sinful nature. 
the way that we live this life, the decisions that we make, how, how we make decisions and how we think, actually, it reflected that how we are actually fallen short of the glory of God, how we are always falling short of the standard of God. So to us in approaching God when it comes to our daily lives, we need to renew ourselves so that we can stay fresh. God's love and God's mercies are new for you every morning. Do you, have, you, have, you, have you been to a restaurant recently that you see this couple beside your table? Actually, the whole time after ordering food, they are on the phone by themselves. There were no conversation. I remember uh, just three months ago, two months ago, I was in Haiti, Lao. I was with a few friends. We were talking and talking and talking. Then suddenly, they have this happy birthday board. Everyone was celebrating for this couple. And they were, you know, whipping up the, uh, um, the phone and then was doing all the shoot with all the noodle and everything. The girl was so happy. Then after that, they took picture with the cake a few times. Right after the celebration, right after the waiter and the waitresses left the table, they did not talk at all. They did not talk at all for the next 30 minutes, just dipping their food, eat and checking their phone. And then I was thinking, like, what kind of celebration is this? And it is not uncommon. The other, the other time, I caught up with a prime, uh, high school friend. I have ever met her for 12 years. And I asked her, hey, how's life? I said, like, that law. I said, means what? Busy. Busy with what? Kids. Send tuition, ballet class, abascus class, this. Every day, a lot of classes to send, just in and out, in and out, in and out. They have to cook, they have to make sure they do their homework, then got to rush them to sleep. I said, wow, okay. Then how? Like that, every day, just over and over again, send to tuition again, ballet class, abascus class. I said, oh, how's your marriage? Huh, marriage like that? I said, means what? You know, like that. I said, like what? You know, you go, I said, you go home then. Go home, um, go home, Lord. The, my husband is there. Then I said, How is it like? He said, You know, like you, you rent out a room, he's like a tenant. Ah. <laughs> that is a, a very strong statement, actually. It shocked me because I rented out my rooms. It's like you rent out the room, lah, and then it's, it's like one more tenant staying at your house or you rent out. Just because you're staying under one roof, it does not say anything about intimacy. Just because you're sharing a meal, celebrating birthday, it speaks very little about intimacy, your quality of your relationship. Are you all with me? Just because you, just because you come to church, it does not mean that you're close to God. And especially just because you're busy with ministry, that you have all the language, doesn't mean that you are close to the heart of God. As much as we relate all those restaurant experiences, relate to all these marriages, what about our relationship with God? You know, in Shifting 2020, I want to tell you this. The real shift happens when we grow closer to God. The real shift happens when we carry the heart of God. The real shift happens when we hear the whispers of God. The real shift happens when we are willing to open up our Bible and start reading them for our lives. I'm telling myself as well, because in 2019, a lot of the times that I'm opening up my Bible, it is always to prepare a sermon. It is always to send a text to someone to encourage them. How about reading it for myself? How about having that daily bread for myself so that I can stay fresh? Are you all still with me? You see, Isaiah 43, 
verse 19 says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The prophet is asking us, do we not perceive? Collective, can we not see that God wants to do something new in your life in 2020? Can you not see that God is able to do a breakthrough in your relationship with Him? Can you not believe that there's actually more to it than whatever that you're experiencing now? It will be tragic if your spiritual walk is like the expired ginger in your fridge. Expired ketchup. You no longer stay fresh in the Lord. It is cold and it is frozen. Have you seen old pictures before? When you look at those old pictures, immediately it tells you these are all outdated. It was something hip in that season, but it no longer is today. Even the filters that you apply onto your Instagram, actually it has a new touch to it. It looks, it looks old, but you kind of know it's new. You know what I'm talking about. There's still freshness in, in because the pictures are sharper, the, the effects are better. But when you look at an old picture, it's really old. It's expired. And these were the memories captured in the past. But what about new memories that are supposed to be captured between you and God? What about new memories that you're supposed to create between you and God? You know, sometimes the radio comes up some old songs and I sing along with it. Kira will say, Papa, this song really very old, huh? You know, I remember those days when I was singing Rosette, you know, Joyride. It was like, man, that's, that's this song of my life. Come on, join the Joyride. But to Kira, it's like, wow, this song really old. Huh? I wonder sometimes when we talk about our experience with God, do we have a Kira in our lives that say, wow, it's, you, you are like talking about those days where policemen wear short pants, you know? But the thing is, the mercies of God is new every morning. He actually wants to create new adventure with you. Exodus 16 verse 2 to verse 5. It says, In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out in this, into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. By the way, this assembly is not your pahimpunan, okay? This assembly is three million people. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in. And that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Verse 11, The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. I want you to look at the passage again. You see, the whole subject of study, a lot of people are very curious, how does manna taste like? How would they manage the quail? 
But God has already outlined the objective. You know when you were in high school, in your report, you always need to establish the objective first before writing the procedures and writing meaningful conclusion. The objective was pretty clear. God said in verse 4, part B, in this way I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions or not. In giving bread, right, collective, it is not about the preference of they like Massimo or Gardenia. In giving bread, it is not about you like RT pastry or TK. It is not about you like lavender now more than cake sense. It is about whether they know how to listen to God or not. Before they possess the promised land, before they conquer and form themselves as a nation, can they hear God carefully or not? Because life comes through us obeying Him, amen? Life, life comes through, fullness of life comes through us being obedient to God. So when the Israelite was in the desert, on the way to the promised land to pick up fresh manna every morning, with exception on the seventh day, if they tried to store more of the heavenly food, it will be rotten the next day. God did this to show them how to be dependent on Him. At the same time, also to reveal the principle of the expiration date and a constant need for renewal. You know how humans are. Imagine all of us are part of the three million congregation. Maybe I will tell my wife, hey, just collect more lah. Tomorrow we sleep late a bit. Tomorrow don't wake up lah, we collect for two days. Maybe as human we'll try like that. Just, just collect more. But then the next day, it'll be rotten. Maggots will come out from the bread, the Bible says. So God is teaching them, can you rely on me daily or not? Can you don't rely on me just on a big revelation 10 years ago? Can you don't rely on me based on a big encounter during Emerge 2006? Can you don't rely on me just based on an encounter in your youth camp during your uni days? You were the CF president. So what? God wants you to re rely on Him on a daily basis. The instruction was clear. Every morning, wake up, open your door, go, collect the bread and put inside your house. The Bible says each person should take an armor. That means it is about 1.4 kg, 3 pounds. That will be enough. The funny thing is this, the people that collected little will have enough. The people that collected more will be just enough as well. That's, the Bible, that's what the Bible said. If you collect more than that, you want it for next day, it will spoil. Except on the seventh day. Am I right? But do you know when we are reading uh, Exodus 16, it was before Exodus 20. What's in Exodus 20? The Ten Commandments. Before God actually commanded the law of Sabbath, God actually has always established a pattern of how He wants us to live our lives. Before the law of Sabbath was given to the Israelite, God already taught them through this manna practicing. It is like Sabbath practicing that all of us need a time like that to just rest and trust Him, to hear His Word and to make sure that we are fresh. In John chapter 6, verse 30 to 35, I'm actually coming to a close to my sermon. They answered, show us miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do, Jesus? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say, 
Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give bread from heaven. My father did. And how and now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. When we think about food, there has gone expiration date. Have we ever thought about Jesus and our relationship? Has it gone expired already? Do we actually renew our walk with Him on a daily basis? This principle from Exodus all the way to the four Gospels during the times of Jesus to now, isn't it true that every relationship needs effort to build? Yes? Every relationship in life needs investment. We can't say that we are busy for God, that we have no time for God. We can't say that our theological exam is coming, we are so busy studying, we've got no time to talk to Him, we've got no time to actually go through our devotion. In shifting 2020, in starting this series called New Grounds, the first ground that we need to conquer, this new ground is in our lives. It's in our hearts. Are we willing to actually plow this ground we call devotion, that we call our, our commitment, our... The Bible says that the, 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 the disciples ask Jesus, Jesus teaches us how to pray, and Jesus taught them and said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then give us this day our daily bread. You see, when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he did not ask them to say, give us one bread that will last forever. He said, no, give us this day our daily bread. The pattern is the same from Exodus till today. Every day, are you willing to come before God to renew yourselves? Every Sunday as a church, are we willing to renew ourselves as a church to say He is our Lord, He is our King? to enthrone Him and to put Him at a rightful place in our lives. When we think about food, maybe we can visualize a little bit. Food might have, uh, that are expired probably become dried up. Am I right? Um, the bread, last time, when the bread is expired, you feed the chicken. I don't think you know that concept. But when it is really hardened, they use it to feed the chicken or the fish. Food that are Expiring usually a lack of water, it dries up. How many of you have seen a really old ginger in your, in your fridge before? Really old, <laughs> so dried up. So dried up is, is better than bentong ginger maybe, I don't know. But some, some food in your fridge, it becomes to turn bad by the smell. Once you smell it, <sighs> bad already. Am I right? Some might, some might have some sour taste. When you eat something and it's sour, it's also turning bad. What about your spiritual life? Do you know that if we are not fresh, we smell? Everywhere we go, we complain. We have a sour attitude that everyone is wrong. Everybody owes us something. 
Oh, it's all because of my leader. It's all because of this pastor. It's all because of the church. It's all because of the government. It's all because when, when you're not fresh, connected to the Lord, your, 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 your walk with God, if you're not plugged in, if you're not close to God, you, there's a smell coming out from you. The smell smells like ungrateful. Smells like resentful, angry, angry, constantly angry, agitated, judgmental. Very little room to tolerate jokes or mistakes. If you're not fresh with the Lord, you become cynical, suspicious, not trusting. Are you all with me? But if you are always plugged into God, have you been around people that are fresh? They're always thinking about giving. They always want to cook for you. They're always thinking about your children. They pray for you. There's a lot of life coming out from them. They, they care. They sincerely care. They sincerely, they sincerely look into your eyes and they want to give something to you. Have we forgotten that all of us need the mercies of God? Have we forgotten that all of us are under the grace of God? I have seen critical people, really critical people. No matter what you do, they have something to criticize. It felt like they're not fresh. They're angry. They feel they're entitled a lot. They feel they deserve more. But what do we deserve? What do we deserve if it's not for the grace of God? Are you all with me? If it is not for the clear grace of God, do you really think that you can live a meaningful life. If I'm not watching my five-year-old son running at home, I would be ungrateful because he was not supposed to live. He was not supposed to have a normal life. He was not supposed to have this, this life that the doctor has pronounced that we should just abort him because he is abnormal. But look at him today. He's running around. It's a reminder every morning that God is in, at my, at my, in my life, at home. Look at your children. Look at the blessings that you have. Look at your health. Look at your family. Look at your work. Just look at the, 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 the church that you are in or the people that actually even care to ask you to come to church or, or, or to make sure that you're in church or in connect group. They don't owe it to you. Can't you be thankful? If there is someone that wants to give you a $5 ang pao, why would you upset that it's not 10 ringgit? Nobody owes you anything, church. Are you all with me? But we owe it to God. If your life wants to be fresh in 2020, if you want a real shift, the real shift will happen when collective, we love Jesus together. Not just in our loud worship or great programs. It's so simple. If all of us, the, the next coming weeks and months, will wake up early to pray and to read the Word of God, that is the beginning of a real shift. I asked someone recently, I said, hey, I haven't been seeing you in church for a while. How are you doing? He said, great, great, Pastor. I said, awesome. Have you been attending any church? He said, yeah. I said, where? He said, church home. Church home? Where is it? Seattle. Wow. Awesome. He said, Judah Smith is my pastor. Judah Smith is your pastor. Yeah, Judah Smith is my pastor. How? Is he going to marry you or conduct your funeral? I was very straight. 
No, I find him very real. He's very authentic. He speaks to my heart. I, I don't want us to become in a place where we, we are so hurt by leaders and church, we so give up already. We just pluck ourselves into a non-commitment attitude. People will disappoint you, trust me. I will disappoint you. Everyone will disappoint you. None of us are Jesus. But it is you plugging into God that you know that it is because of all this imperfection that things that are still not working that we need you. Are you all with me? This year is going to be a great year. How it started will not determine how it will end. If we hold on to God, if we are willing to open up the pages in our Bible, forget about using your phone sometimes because you know it will end up in Instagram. Even the first line you read, you already think how to post it. Maybe don't. Just read a physical Bible maybe or turn it to airplane mode and just read maybe one chapter or maybe three lines. Just spend some time on it. Then you will get fresh. Because I asked myself, last year I went through sabbatical, I asked myself, I went through the lease, what are the things that has expired in my life? Those closest to me at one season of my life will hear me saying, you know what, in all these meetings, uh, bro, I, I just feel I'm not fresh. Lah. The things that I say is just not fresh. The not fresh is not because I don't listen to enough podcasts or read enough books. The not fresh is because I'm not plugged into God. The moment I plugged in is for ministry. And my wife would know that when I eat prawn, I have this thing that I really, I really hate. After I eat prawn, I will have pimples. And my pimples will always appear just on my nose. Since young, it's like a red nose. Since young, you know, every time I eat prawn, seafood, the big prawn, so sometimes I try not to eat prawn. It will always attack just my nose. So the nose is the most painful and the most obvious. Like when people talk to you, they keep looking at your nose. My gosh, it's like, okay, once a while it's okay. But every time it's like that, oh, Sienna. So, got one time, I was conducting a, a, a workshop outside and it's really big. So, I asked uh, Elvin, I said, hey, can you find one concealer for me? Elvin is there. I don't know where he went. He found one concealer from Puyin. So, Puyin passed me a concealer through Elvin. I go and put it. I conceal it. Actually, that was quite smooth. Nobody really looked at my nose. That was the first time I used concealer. But then in life, I know sometimes you, you have a little bit of um, eye bag, you have a little bit of wrinkle, you can co cosmetic it, right? You can cover it. I wonder how people cover their, their spiritual flaws. I wonder how people actually cover up that they are actually not close to God. They're actually, they're actually blemishes. That's the word. To me, I think I cover it through ministry. I cover my blemish, my spiritual blemishes through acting busy for God. It doesn't tell of the real condition. I wonder how the church cover their lack of spirituality, maybe through tradition or religiosity. Let's not be a church like that. Let's be a church that really loves Jesus. And when you pray, you really believe. When you want to break through, you really work on it. When we say that we are a Bible-based, believing church, 
let's not just say it because the preacher preached from the Bible or not. When we say we are a Bible-believing church, right, let's make it about everyone reading the Bible, amen? When we talk about a Spirit-led church, let's not be a church that, yeah, we, we, we pray in the Spirit after worship. No, no, no. Let's be a church that all of us pray when we are not in church. You know the, the meaning of it? When we talk about a church that loves people relentlessly, it's not during Easter or Christmas or Mother's Day or Father's Day or Valentine's Day. Let's, let's be a church that Monday to Friday, we really love people relentlessly. Your colleagues, your families, your friends. That will be a church that is fresh if we want a real shift for 2020. If we want to really conquer new grounds, it has to start with us. If we want new grounds, it has to start with your pattern. At home. Kira asked me two days ago, how do you hear God? How do you hear God, Papa? Like, when you talk about God speaks to you, how do you hear that? You know, my children are observing my life. And I said, first and foremost, you hear God through reading the Word of God. So am I reading the Word of God at home? It's a reality of whether she will have a good foundation for her Christian walk or not. It is a reflection. Then I say, God can also speak to you through people. You know, preaching, Kira, when people pray for you. Or it can be an impression. Suddenly you are being impressed of a word. God can speak to you like that. And God can speak to you through creation. But then she got most intrigued when I say, God can also speak to you in a dream. Dream? You mean those dreams will dream come true? I dream about this, I dream about that. I say, no, 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 not all those dreams. Like specific dreams. But I'm on a journey to teach my daughter. Your Christian walk starts in your marriage. Your Christian walk starts in your parenting, in your life, in your personal life. Amen? Are there expired experiences, expired encounters, expired revelations that you are holding to? You know what? Our connectedness with Christ will always result in us wanting to love others more. Are you finding it too tiring for to love others, to consider others, to think others, to care for others? If you're, you're not plugged into God, you will always find serving a burden. Certain things in your life that you're holding have passed the best before date. It has expired and the good news is that God's grace, mercy and love they are new every morning. Amen? Things and achievement can give us temporal excitement like CK has said. You buy a shoe, you wore, on, you wore it, super happy, maybe for two days, and then it's over. You bought a phone, you took some really nice portrait photos, but after a while, you don't even care. You care so much in the beginning when you hold those phones, you buy real good screen protector and cover. That's the excitement. After a while, no more. It is not just about maintaining. It is really about progressing in our spiritual life. So today, I want to bring you back. Go back to your fridge in your imagination, okay? In your imagination. Go back to your fridge. Is it too messy? Is it too piled up? Is it hard to find something actually you have to always take out things, take out things to reach one thing? Probably there has been butter, three different butters that you haven't finished up. You keep buying butters, but you didn't finish the old butters. Are there ketchups that you keep keeping? 
Some of you, maybe after attending wedding, you kept those uh, wet tissue. And the wet tissue is not wet anymore in your fridge. You need to throw it away. If you look into the fridge of your life, are there offences that you have been keeping for a long time? It should affect you for a while, but it has expired. Were there anger inside you that you have been keeping? Were there disappointments of 2019, 2018, or even further? Were there past victories that you are keeping, keeping your trophies, keeping your trophies inside that shelves? And I was talking to someone yesterday. Were there dresses or clothes that actually you have to throw away? Keep thinking that you will slim down and wear. And you have been stacking it. And your closet is growing and there's no more space to put, put the hanger in anymore. But you are thinking, one day you will wear it. One day you will serve again. One day, one day, one day you will be on fire again. Maybe it's time to clear all this out this year. Let's start afresh with God. All of us, including myself, we need a renewal of our devotion with Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? And I'm not preaching a complicated message. All we need to do is to open up our Bible, start reading. Start reading them. Start praying. How do I pray? I pray every morning when I swim. For 30 minutes as I swim, I thank God for a silent retreat because I learned about wordless prayer. Because when you swim, you cannot talk. And it was so good. Just swimming and giving thanks to God. Every day, it's the same routine of thanking God for my family, thanking God for the people I'm, I'm given the chance to impact. You know, I often think, for the fact that you want to listen to me, it is grace. Why do you want to listen to me? Who am I? I'm nobody. But if I'm not plugged into God, I have nothing to offer. Same as your life. Collective, let's conquer new grounds. And the first ground, let's start every morning by wanting the fresh bread from heaven. Can we give God a big hand? Amen. Come on, let's give God. Give Jesus praise. Every morning, the Israelites will wake up, open up their door, and there, fresh bread waiting for them. And God is the same. Every morning, when you open up your eyes, whether it has been a late night, whether your team has won or lost, every morning, God's grace will be there for you, new, every morning. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I pray for 2020. Oh God, it really feels like the year has just started. God, it really feels like there's only 11 months more. January has gone. We have celebrated with our close ones. We have slept enough, ate enough, laughed enough. But God, this year, as it starts, we want to repair that altar before you. That our lives will truly only shift when we are not doing our spiritual life for Instagram's sake, that we are not doing our spiritual life for all those impressions that we want to create, but we really want you. Jesus, we pray you shift our hearts. That collective in 2020, we really want you. We really want a move. We really want to welcome the Holy Spirit into our lives, our families, our marriages. That God, you are not a stranger in our lives. God, you are not a tenant. God, you are not an ATM machine that we go to. But God, 
our walk with you will be closer call us deeper this year call us deeper this year God let us trust you like never before let us hold on to you like never before I want to pray for all your marriages if you are beside your husband or your wife with your whole hands I want to prophesy over your marriage right now I want to prophesy that there's a renewal of your marriage this year that you no longer just are going through life thinking about being better parents being better provider but your marriage will be found in the foundation of Christ and friendship that your marriage will be so strong this year that you can't wait to spend time with each other yes there are conflicts differences yes there are things that we want to provide better for each other but to, today I pray and I speak over your marriage I speak over your marriage that in all the challenges that 2020 is coming to you it will only strengthen you it will only cause your marriage to shine brighter than ever before your marriage is meant for the glory of God your marriage is not for your own sensual sake your marriage is meant to glorify God your marriage is meant to be a living Bible for people to see the world is losing hope with relationship your marriage will be their hope your marriage will be an example your marriage will be a testimony your marriage will be great in in in, in Christ I pray and I ask God that you provide them those that are stressed over finances those that are stressed over health those that are stressed over misunderstanding and past God you heal them even right now let your new grace and your new mercy just pour in all these marriages then in collective God all the marriages will be strong all the marriages will be pointing to you all the marriages will will be the foundation of good parenting oh Lord I thank you Jesus I pray for all those you are working let's not be intimidated by the economy let's not be intimidated made intimidated by all the negative news yes the star is writing yes channel news asia is writing cnn is writing bloomberg is writing bbc is writing and all those news are writing all the negative news but we have the good news of jesus christ that he is with you this year he that is in you is truly greater than he that is in the world you will be healthy this year you will be strong this year you will excel this year you will trust god more than ever before every morning when you wake up there are fresh bread prepared for you that you will trust the lord more than ever before i thank you jesus for all those parents i pray may they be a reflection of you our heavenly father we thank you jesus we praise your name